0: everybody welcome back to the lockdown red wings podcast today is thursday april 16th 2020 i am your host detroit sports Veteran nolan bianchi here today as always with longtime red wings fan Ian smith
1: thanks for having me nolan it's good to be here uh, you're welcome pal
0: and we also have a recurring guest sergio colchester in the house in the studio on the zoom sergio welcome back
2: good to be here excited to uh make our way to the final four so
0: as Sergio just alluded to, we are in the Elite Eight of our most influential Red Wings of all time bracket. Uh, how this is going to work, the same way it's worked the past couple weeks, we're going to do half the bracket today, half the bracket tomorrow. Uh, today is Steve Eisman versus Mr. I, Nicholas Lidstrom versus Scotty Bowman, and tomorrow is Sergey Fedorov versus Chris Osgood, and Gordie Howe versus Ted Lindsey. So be sure to subscribe, rate, download, all that other good stuff. Have that ready. When you open up your eyes on Friday morning, have that uh, episode downloaded right on your phone. Uh, and if you haven't already, last quick plug, go back and check out uh, the Tuesday and Wednesday episodes featuring uh, the Russian Five Chronicles with Keith Gabe. Those were uh, a delight to to record. I'm not going to lie.
2: So Those
1: definitely were. I could listen to that guy talk for like another two hours. He was he an
0: was unbelievable incredible. storyteller. Worked for the NSA in Berlin was like hey never got the chance to do some wild stuff like uh you know lead a soviet defection so he was like screw it i in great dude uh like i said check that out buy the russian five on amazon online anywhere uh to get it through this quarantine but gentlemen we are changing up the format a little bit today uh instead of in the past we would each kind of come uh to each match up with who we kind of had in mind to win and then we would argue it out and uh go from there but as we get into the, uh, the later rounds here, we, we've discussed it, and I think the best thing to do is to uh, you know just have a conversation about why each person deserves to go on to the next round and kind of make a group decision from there. So the first matchup that we have on the docket for today is Steve Eiserman, the number one overall seed, against the number eight overall and Mr. I. Let's start with Steve Eisenman. Why does he deserve to go on to the next round, Ethan?
1: Well, you know, realistically – Speaking like I get the importance of ownership with in with a franchise. You know, you need a good owner in order to succeed. That's why you're looking at you know the Chargers have always failed, and the San Diego Chargers, or you know Los Angeles. You what a, the what a random franchise. Franchise. sports we're, team! We're, well, they're all, they've always been awful. Like, they'll, <laughs> like, okay, whatever. We can go to like the Lions. The as Lions. Well. You know, obviously <laughs> the you guys most glaring example franchise owner and then that just trickles down in a complete ineptitude and then everything is just awful for 70 years. But in the last 40 odd 30 odd some years, Mr. I's been that pillar for us. So I completely understand the importance of ownership, but Eisman was that hope that got us out of the Dead Wings era and delivered those Stanley Cups to us. And now after all of that time of being an absolute icon in this city, Eisenman's back being that hope for us again as GM. Like, and we've seen what he's done in Tampa Bay and how he built one of the best teams in NHL history. And now he's back here looking to deliver on the exact same thing he brought to Tampa.
0: And Sergio, we'll we'll get to you in a minute, but I think there's also a point to be made. Uh, You know, the way that he had an impact like outside of just like the stat sheet like that guy played with more torn ligaments than like anybody I've ever heard of and he did it in crucial crucial games and it, And it's, it's insane because you can go back watch the video and see you know him get crushed into the boards and he can't skate for but he's out there for the next shift the guy had the heart that nobody else could even come close to so
1: I think the person that's really close to that it was like Patrice Bergeron in that one playoffs like the Stanley Cup uh, series where he has a, he's playing with like a punctured lung and stuff like that's yeah. just stuff you don't see anymore. What about you Sergio?
2: Well, it's pretty easy. I mean why should Steve Eisman move on? I mean, if we were doing a bracket of the 64 you know greatest figures in Detroit sports history, he probably wins that one too. Um, but suffice to say for, for the people that are alive today and uh, especially the age racket that's most likely listening to this podcast, uh, Steve Eisenman is probably the most beloved figure in Detroit sports history. Um, he's, you know, you, you're doing the Mount Rushmore. He's the one name that I, I don't think, I don't think there's any anybody that would leave him off. Um, and he's that way for a reason. And it's not necessarily, and like you alluded to, uh, Nolan. It's not necessarily because of what he did on the uh, on the score sheet, even though he has, I think he has 700 goals, right?
0: Um, let me see. I have it pulled up right
1: here. It was high 600. uh yes, yeah, 690. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. Okay, he has almost 700 goals. Uh, and you know, three Stanley Cups and blah blah blah. And, you know, uh, you can make all the statistical uh, arguments for him that you want, but it's really you know what he represented to this city. I, I think I talked a lot. I've, I've talked about figures and you know the way they've connected to this city in terms of like Darren McCarty, sort of being a man of the people, or Chris Osgood being somebody that you could say he really cared about this city and he took pride in it and all of that. Uh, Steve Eiserman was our Batman. You know he's not somebody that we related to. He's not somebody that we uh, thought of as as one of us or had sympathy for or Steve Iserman is the person that everybody in the city looked up to. He was a he was the role model. He yeah, was truly on a you different know, If if you model. were if you were raising kids in you know in the in the nineties, you teaching them, you know, coaching them in sports or any uh Anything that you would be doing and trying to teach them lessons, you would point to Steve Eiserman and you would say that is a guy that you know does everything the right way um, does it with class, uh, works hard, yeah, leads by example, um sacrifices himself for the greater good, understands what you know what a team is all that and uh and so. Yeah, he's Steve Eisenman. man. Yeah, he's he is he is Batman. He is etched and stone more so than any other athlete from my lifetime, and and, um, and yeah. And just one last point I want
0: to make before we jump over to Mike Illich. Uh You know, you brought up he doesn't have you know a, a ton. Of, he doesn't have the amount of goals that make you. I mean, he is like he's top ten in NHL history in school. Mm-hmm uh, in scoring, I'm pretty sure. And, and if you look at his hockey DB or whatever, it's just amazing to look at the games played per season and see how many man games this guy lost due to injury and was still able to put up the numbers that he did. 17, uh, 155 points in his NHL career. While like, if you look down, it's like 58, 47, 80, 81, 75, 54, 52, 16, you know, like, the guy missed so much time because of he just played hard, he played selfless. Uh Mr. Rye, do you want to start with this one, Sergio?
2: Sure. Um Yeah, you know, my my argument for Mr. I, I, I I talked at length last week about my reverence for Mr. I, Mike Illich. Um, and I think I would start instead of my argument for Mike Illich on this one, and maybe going the other way on what I was just saying with Steve Eiserman making the case against Steve Eiserman, which is like the most sacrilegious Detroit sports thing yeah. that you can do. But, uh, you know, Ethan said when he was making his case for Steve Eiserman that he was the hope. He was what delivered the, you know, getting the Red Wings out of the Dead Wings era. Are we so sure? I mean, think about, Steve Eisenman came here in 1983 and for the next seven or eight seasons of his career was a super flashy, prolific goal scorer uh, that, that was, you know, a perennial all-star on a really, really bad team. And you think about the the draft the the 1990 draft no one am I right about that year the year that they got Konstantinov and Fedorov and, and Lindstrom
0: 89
2: the so 1990s 89 all right if we're being honest with ourselves you know w- the hope what delivered on the promise of getting the Red Wings out of out of the Dead Wing era was was the 89 draft and Steve Biesman alone wasn't winning games it wasn't until. The Russian Five happened, and, uh, and and you brought in all of these other all star type players brendan shanahan uh, guys like that that's when the Red Wings made that leap from the dead wings to being to being a dynasty uh Steve Iserman, obviously huge part of that, the captain of that the leader of that team uh but I don't know that on the ice his impact was necessarily as big as it gets credit for being. He wasn't the leading point getter on those teams because his impact was felt a lot more, I think, on the defensive end than it was on the offensive end when the Wings when the were winning cups. His leadership was, was really, you know, the, the impact that he had. So. Going back to that 1989 draft, and if I'm making the case that, you know, it was all of the pieces that were put together uh, around Steve Eisenman that led the Red Wings out of uh, the doldrums and into, uh, you know, becoming the Sterling organization that they are, Mike Illich is the person that put all of that together. It was all his blueprint. He was the one making the decisions. He was the person that put... Jimmy Devolano that went out and got Jimmy Devolano from the New York Islanders to be able to make the, um, the draft picks in 1989. He was the one that instilled the, uh, culture and the organization that drew Scotty Bowman here and turned things around on the ice. Uh,
0: well, one thing I I, if I can jump in real quick, just, you know, your point about Jimmy DeVolano, he, I mean, Keith gave mentioned this when he came on the show, but Jimmy DeVolano said, Hey, eight years, I'll get you to a cup. It wasn't 50. It wasn't until 15 years later that they got that first cup, but Ken ha- or, uh, Mr. I saw a vision that was, you know, taking place, a culture change that was taking place. We talk about culture change a lot with teams like the lions, that is exactly what was happening here. And he had the patience, the belief, and the vision to trust that this hire that he made was going to get the job done and to see it through. And then once it was, you know, once it came to fruition, it created the best quarter-century run that a sports team has ever had. Outside of maybe the
2: Yankees. And then after that happened, even after the Red Wings win the Cup in 1997, Mike Illich continues to spend an absolutely outrageous amount of money for a team based in a struggling economic city to keep the team not just great but to put together the 2002 Red Wings and and just, you know, stockpile hall of fame talent and take and exploit a situation where hockey didn't have a salary cap. This wasn't New York, this wasn't Chicago. He was doing that in Detroit because he was truly that type of a benevolent sports owner and you know I we I could I can't think of any owner in sports that I that I can that I know of that went so above and beyond to provide the fans in his city with a great team entirely selfless
1: yeah selfless and you could even look too and like he's put millions upon millions of dollars into like autism charities and starting like the Little Caesars AAA teams like that that this guy right. has given back to his community in a way that's almost unparalleled in sports ownership
0: and i and like just to go off of that real quick like his whole business model of like his whole business model was so working man too when it came to like the franchises yep. the Little Caesars like that was that was something where he was like hey you know what people want a good product that they don't want to have to pay a lot of money for. And, you know, little Caesars was born like his, his business model for his national pizza chain was to, you know, be not a, not a provider necessarily, but to, you know, it was a blue collar restaurant chain.
2: Yeah. And, and so for all of those reasons, you know, Mr. I trademarked the phrase hockey town, put it at center ice and turn Detroit into a city that loves hockey more than any other sport for at least 15 years, and that is absolutely incredible. And I, and I think that alone is the case for, for Mike Ilitch.
1: All right, so what are you guys thinking <clears throat> on this? I, I'm happy that we're finally at the stage that this is almost like an impossible decision for me with every single matchup we have. Um, but you know what? God, Jesus, jeez. I know I, I know I like, picked Brendan Shanahan over Mr. I
0: last week, but after fleshing it all out, I think I'm going
1: Mr. I. Look, I'm, I'm going to just based off of what he's done and like how he's still continuing to be a huge hope for us. I'm going to, I'm going to go with Eisenman. Sergio. So it's
2: on you. So I just want to say up front, this should have been the finals. I think that if, if we could have redone all of this, I actually do think if I'm, if I'm re-ranking everybody on the, on the bracket, I think this is one and two, I, I, which is crazy. I mean, Gordie Howe, I, I think I would go Mike Gillich over, over Gordie Howe. So now the question I mean, is. We had Am such I going a surplus over Steve Eiserman.
1: Yeah, we had such a surplus of players that it was easy to look mm. off of, you know, people in upper management ownership.
2: That all being said, I gotta go with Steve Eiserman. It right. would be, it would be emotionally dishonest. To, I, I think to so, so
1: too. Them. Deep down, I think so too. It's yeah. it's such a hard decision to make. Both of these people are so such like pillars of <clears> Red Wings history. That it's I mean, it's just the way the bracket shook out. There's really not much you can do. But I mean, with Eisman still being in the position that he is right now and what he's done for us being the captain for so long, I mean.
0: All right. Next up, uh last matchup of the day, number four overall versus number twelve overall, Scotty or Nicholas Lidstrom versus Scotty Bowman at number twelve. Uh we'll start with Nicholas Lidstrom. Why should he go on to the next round, Sergio?
2: Well, He should go on to the next round because he's got a favorable matchup against somebody that was only the coach of the Red Wings for, I think, eight years. Um, No, Nicholas Lidstrom is – he's one of the greatest defensemen that ever played the game. He played 20-something-odd seasons in the wing wheel. Everything that you could say about Steve Eiserman, you can say about Nicholas Lidstrom. And and Lidstrom's got an extra cup on top of it. Uh, he's the perfect human. He's, you know, he was just a robot of per- of perfection on the ice. And, uh, yeah, it's Nicholas Lidstrom.
0: Nicholas Lidstrom in, uh, 1,564 games played like just his, just his, like the, the premier stats. 264 goals, 878 assists, so 1,142 points, almost a point per game player as a defenseman, plus 450 on his career as well. Unbelievable. Just like it's – he's got a Conn Smythe. He's got how many Norris trophies? He won six Norris trophies in the back end of his career from 31 on, six and seven
1: years. Uh, Seven-time. Seven-time Norris trophy winner. Was it? Yeah, oh, 2001, yeah, you're right. you're
0: 2003, right. 2006, through 2008, and 2011. Yep. Um, so, yeah, and it's just when you have – the thing about this matchup that makes it tough is that Scotty Bowman has a longevity, but also Nicholas Lidstrom could make the argument he's the best defenseman of all time. You could also make the argument that Scotty Bowman is the best coach of all time. So you got two yeah. two guys yep. who are – arguably the best at their respective positions in hockey history and is is i don't know this this is a really really tough one for me but uh i mean if you just look at the stat line on listram it's it's just insane it's best defenseman of all time stats yeah uh all right why should scotty bowman go on to the next round i guess i'll start with this one scotty bowman uh I picked him to go over Pavel Datsyuk, a personal childhood hero of mine, somebody that I started watching playing hockey, play hockey at the age of six years old and watched him until the time I was 21 uh, or 20 or something along those lines. Uh, And for me it's because Scotty Bowman, like we just alluded to, is the best NHL coach of all time. He comes in, you know, year 11, year 12, whatever it is of Iserman uh, Scotty Bowman is a guy who took all these Russians under his roof. He he got this eclectic group of characters together and led him to a cup, uh, led him to three cups, uh, plus another appearance in, in 95.
1: Uh, I don't know. The, the man's got the credentials. He definitely has the credential. I mean, obviously, it, it's you're looking at one of the best coaches of all time against one of the best defensemen, in my opinion, the best defenseman um i think there's i've never met a person who doesn't like nicholas lindstrom i've met people that didn't appreciate bowman when he was here like the head games that you hear about and stuff like that i i get that that's a valid point you know but it's in my in my opinion i think this this is an easy decision for me i think this is the easiest decision on the board
0: what do you think about scotty bowman why does he deserve to go on to the next round sergio
2: well, for everything we've talked about, you know, a lot of things have sort of the fulcrum of our discussion always coming back to 1997 and, you know, the death of the Dead Wing era and the rebirth of hockey in the city of Detroit. And we keep on making cases for people, you know, why this person was the, you know, X Factor that, that got the wings of the cup in 1997. Yeah. But really, there's only one person that is the the true answer to that question It's Scotty Bowman. Scotty Bowman was the the was what was the the force that propelled the Red Wings from you know a contender to a champion. Scotty Bowman was the glue that, you know, bound all of the pieces together and 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 made it work. And turned the Red Wings into what they were, and 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 then set forth, you know, a uh, uh, an image of, of what hockey would look like in Detroit for the next 25 years to come. He is the Red Wings. He is what, what the, the on-ice product is directly a function of Scotty Bowman's coaching style. Uh, the the Stanley Cups are directly a function of Scotty Bowman's work as the coach of the Red Wings. And, and he, you know, more so than Sergei Fedorov, more so than Steve Eiserman, you know, he turned Steve Eiserman into what Steve, into the, the version of Steve Eiserman that is probably going to go on to win this entire bracket. Uh, that was, that was Scotty Bowman, you know, molding him like a piece of clay. And so,
1: you know, you know. not to it, mention, it, too, it's like Steve or uh, Scotty Bowman was the person who was able to get five Russian players on a line together. Yeah. And he's the one that yeah. created what that is. I know Devolana brought him in and but like he's he's the coach that got at this team to work together with five Russians on one line like in, to me and to me that's, okay that's that. the
0: biggest thing when there's yeah. like not only is there like not only is there like oh these guys are a little bit different but there's like it's a hot global political climate that these dudes like i like i don't know man to me to me it's i don't know boys what what are we thinking here i think i think if you want to talk influence which a lot of time like I think Scotty Bowman has more of an influence than Nicholas Lidstrom.
1: Yeah. And do you mean in terms of like how the team operates? And yeah,
0: in terms of like in terms of like. I, terms think
2: of like back, I think if you go back, if, if Scotty Bowman never came to Detroit, I don't think we would be doing this podcast.
0: I agree. I I really do agree. And so for me, it's hard to put and as beloved uh, it, Nicholas Lidstrom certainly more beloved, respected you know, whatever you want to call it by Red Wings fans. But at, at the same time, you're so absolutely correct. I just I, – I think Scotty Bowman, much in the way that, that Mr. I is, is a uh, a pillar that this, you know, revolutionary dynasty – that this dynasty was built on, more so than Nicholas Lidstrom. You
1: could, you could also say to I, 10, he I had 10 money? Hall of Famers on that last team, though. Can I, can I make that. my vote? Yeah, just throwing it out there.
2: All right. So all of that being said about Scotty Bowman, at a certain point, we need to recognize that this, you know, this is hockey, and, and the, the guys on the ice are a lot more important than anybody else. Uh, and Nicholas Lindstrom, as far as being a guy on the ice, was uh, not just one of the greatest Red Wings of all time, one of the greatest NHL players of all time. And so for that reason, I'm going to go with Nicholas Lindstrom. All
1: right, I'm going Bowman.
2: Oh boy.
1: Um, It's on you. Look, for me, I had my, I already made up my decision. I, I have to go with Lindstrom. I think Lindstrom's that, was that guy that's a bit more, I mean, I know it's tough. I'm just speaking over longevity of his career. I think Lindstrom has had as much of a, if not more, impact to Detroit sports than Scotty Bowman. All right, then that settles it.
0: We got Nicholas Lidstrom and Steve Eiserman in the final four, one seed versus four seed. Be sure to tune back in next Thursday for that, and then tune in tomorrow as well as we finish out the Elite Eight. We've got Sergey Fedorov versus Chris Osgood, Gordie Howe versus Ted Lindsay. Some great stuff on the way, much like uh, going to do it in the same format that we did today. Really excited. Boys, any last thoughts? Nope.
2: I just want to point out, it should be Steve Eisman versus Pablo (laughs) Donsu. That's fair.
0: All right, we'll see you guys tomorrow.
2: Flatten the curve, boys.